And so we're going to start our series of, of sonship. We really already started it, but we're going to talk about the five stages of sonship today. Okay, we're going to talk about the five stages. The last two Sundays, we did a prelude to sonship. I kind of did an introductory, kind of showing you how to walk through and understand what goes on. Because a lot of times when you will hear a message about sonship, typically we go to church and we think every church is the same or every ministry is the same, and it's not. And I'm, there's some stuff I'm going to bring out here today in which when we, when we teach about the Father and we teach about you becoming his children, all right, your faith has to be in him as a father. Your faith is not supposed to be in church. It's not supposed to be in ministry. It's supposed to be in God as your father, not in, as God in, as being your God, but God as your father. And so we're going to start the five stages of sonship today. And upon learning this, you will have a better understanding of where you are. And then you will be able to track your growth. So let's just get into it, okay? So we're going to talk about the five stages of sonship today. And the five stages of sonship, we have to talk about this because of what Adam did in the garden. Adam fell because of sin. And most people think that he just became a sinner and now we are just sinners saved by grace. Turn me down just a little bit more. And people tend to think that we are just sinners saved by grace. But no, salvation is for his children. All right? When we get saved, we are being rescued from the penalties of sin and death, but we are being brought into a family. Amen? We are being brought into a family. You're saved because you are in the family. Heaven is going to be full of God's children. God did not create hell for mankind. He created hell for Satan and the angels that he took with him. But he has the power and the authority to influence you. And so the Bible says that he's the father of lies and that his sons are the sons of disobedience. So you have a choice in a matter. You can be a God's child or you can be Satan's child. And so if you decide you want to be Satan's child, hell is for you. But if you decide you want to be God's uh, child, heaven is for you. Amen? And so Adam lost sonship. You have to understand this. Adam lost sonship. Adam lost the relationship. By losing the relationship, he was no longer connected to the father. Because he was no longer connected to the father, he could not dominate earth. What Jesus came back to give us was redemption, okay? He came to renew that relationship, to reconcile it so that we can be back in the family of God. And as we, become, we get into the family of God and learn who we are as his children, now we can dominate the planet. But there's no domination until we become children first. And so we're going to do the five stages of sonship. And like I said, this is going to be a way in which you can track your growth. Now, prior to this, can anybody tell me how did you track your growth in Christianity? Say again. We couldn't. We couldn't track our growth. So we came to church for 20, 30 years, and we did not know. We, 
We didn't know we were growing. And the only way we could track our growth was looking at our sin. And so we looked at ourselves and said, well, I don't sin like them. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't go to the club, and that has nothing to do with being saved. That's how we tracked it. If, if, if one person had an issue with profanity and I didn't, I declared myself more righteous than that person. If I gave, if I came to church, that's how I track my growth. But now, you'll be able to track it through these five stages, okay? And because the thing about this, you can't come to church and accidentally become a child. You can't accidentally grow up just going to church. It has to be targeted. It has to be pinpointed. It has to be drove into your soul who you are. Y'all with me? You can't accidentally do this stuff. You're not going to accidentally just come to church and, and you're, you're an infant and then all of a sudden you're just a mature child. By accident, nobody talked about sonship. Nobody talked about the Father. All you heard about was God, Jesus, the blood, the cross. Come on. All y'all did was sing hymns. Come on now. That's all you did. Sit up, lift your hands, tell God how great he was, although you were pitiful. Broke, broke it in the Ten Commandments. Telling God how great he is. He know he's great. You need to become his child and grow into it, okay? Now, this is important also, too, because this is one of the reasons for church hurt. This is one of the reasons why we have a lot of church hurt, because the, the uh, ministry team, the pastor, the five-fold ministry, they can't track your growth. So when you get to Technon and you're like a high schooler, you know how high schoolers are, Right, mom? You know how high schoolers are. They want to emancipate themselves from you. All of a sudden, now they just got a whole nother mind. You're like, okay, what ain't got into my child? Nothing. Your child is growing. They're developing. And it happens in church. But as soon as it happens in church, you're rebellious. Why? Because leadership don't, doesn't understand you're growing. Because they think you're just trying to get to heaven. And if my focus is on just getting to heaven, then where all the work being done at? If we can't wait to hurry up and leave, y'all want to hear that message? Every Sunday we come. Well, we just can't wait till we die and go to heaven. And then on top of that, you don't even know if you're going to make it in. Okay. So, you can't accidentally become a child. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, it's not up there, but Isaiah 9 Chapter 9, verse 6 says, unto us a child is born, but a son is given. All right? Mary gave birth to Jesus. The Father gave us Christ. In heaven, his name was not Jesus. It was Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Once Christ hit earth, or the talking of Christ coming to earth, in Hebrew was known as the Messiah. But the Messiah translated in the Greek is Christ. Christ means the anointed one. In heaven, his name was not Jesus, so God did not send Jesus to earth. God sent Christ to earth through a body. Mary gave birth to the body. That's why we have a natural birth and we have a spiritual birth. You were born through the natural birth. Unto us a child is born. Then you came on this side and you were born again. 
which means now it's a spiritual birth. Man had nothing to do with the spiritual birth. They had something to do with the natural, but they had absolutely nothing to do with the spiritual birth. The Bible says, John 1 and 12, that that birth is not of man, but it is of God. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become his child. Your, the nature of Adam is destroyed, and you are given the nature of, of Christ. Now, why is that important? You cannot, your soul can only respond to your nature. Until you got the nature of Christ, there was no corrective methods going on in your head. The moment you got the nature of Christ, sin became an issue in your life. You wanted to be better. Prior to that, you didn't want to be better. You didn't care. It was a time where I thought it was cool to be promiscuous. Come on now, don't act like I'm the only one. It was a time where we thought that was cool. Especially men, we bragged about it. Upon being in, this, being in this walk now for years, that's gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> I understand why, because now we're thinking like the Father. And so our first scripture on today is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And it says, <clears throat> But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Now, what this is saying is the natural man, the man who is not born again, cannot understand spiritual things. That's why you want to get born again. The Bible says when you are born again that you can now see the kingdom of God, which means you can now see the spirit realm. You can see it, all right? But prior to your new birth, you could not even see the kingdom. You had no idea what the spirit realm was. You did not know. So it says the natural man cannot accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. To the natural man walking around here praying in tongues look real foolish. I remember when some of y'all was getting it. And we, when we take people with, and we uh, uh, um, walk them through the steps of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we always say, them, don't shake your head, no. And like clockwork, they get ready to speak in tongues and they go, why? Because it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And so he says, you cannot, they, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually appraised, meaning he can't understand it because he's still sifting things through the nature of Adam. Still sift things through the world, how the world sees things. But once you come on this side, now we sift everything through the Heavenly Father. We sift everything through, through the Word of God. We sift everything through biblical teaching. We no longer see things according to the world. We now see things according to heaven. Y'all with me? And because of that, verse 15 says, But he who is spiritual appraises all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one. That's arrogant, but it's true. When you sift everything, when you sift your mind through heaven, 
through the kingdom of God, you can't miss it. And because you do that, people who don't do that, they can never challenge your authority. They can never challenge your wisdom. They can never challenge your knowledge. Everything you do, you're supposed to sift it through the kingdom of God. I don't care if you're watching the news. When you watch the news, you are not supposed to hear what they are saying as a child of God. You're supposed to hear what heaven is saying. That's why I tell you, you have to learn how to listen to something but hear. Somebody can be dead in front of your face talking to you, and you have to listen to what they're saying. Hear their words. Be attentive to what they say. But what is God saying? It's called a spirit of discernment. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why when Peter got into the argument uh, um, with the Jews, the Bible says he had a wisdom that they could not withstand. They say something, he say something. I know I've been told, you think you, you got to answer for everything. I sure do. The Bible, the Bible says this. The Holy Bible says you have the unction from the Holy Spirit and you know all things. I have a, it's an answer for everything. It is an answer for everything. Heaven has an answer for everything. And so when we are born again, watch this, we can now see the kingdom. We can now see our father's world, but we don't understand yet. We do not understand yet. We can see, but we don't understand. No more than a newborn baby coming into the world. They can see their mother. They can see what's going around them, but they don't understand nothing. Y'all going to be quiet on me tonight. All right. All right. All right. Give me those five stages of sonship again. So these are the five stages of sonship. The first one is nepios. Nepios means infant. Now, let me say this before I uh, go into these. When you read the scriptures, you're going to see child. You're going to see children. You're going to see young men. And you're going to see infant. Anytime you see those words in Scripture, if you, if you study or if you look in the Greek, it'll have one of these words. It'll be associated with it. All right? But most of the time, like I told you, people don't study. Most people just read. They don't study. They just read it. The Bible says study. You have to do the diligence of understanding Scripture. You're not just going to read the Bible and get God's understanding. You have to study it. You have to be diligent about this. So our first one is Nepios. Nepios is an infant. And uh, they had, when you see this in scripture, they have it in a way in which they talk about it according to the Hebrew culture or according to the Greek culture. I did these numbers according to us and how we see things, all right? Because I wanted you to get a better understanding. So a Nepios would be between a newborn and five years old. All right. You know, when someone's five, soon they turn five, they start going to kindergarten. They learn their ABCs, they one, two, threes, right? All right. The next one is Pation. Pation is a little child. All right. And it's between the ages of six and 13. Now, this is the, the numbers and the schooling is giving you the natural understanding of it. But we're doing this for the purpose of spiritual growth. You're with me? All right. And so a pation is pretty much six through 13. And those are typically the years of elementary. All right. Now, the thing about it is the person in elementary knows more than the person in kindergarten. All right. The one who is 12 years old knows more than a four year old. 
So there's growth there. Then we have the technon, which represents the teenager, the high schooler, between 13 and 19. Then you have Nanisco, which is the, between 20 and 40, under 40. And that's pretty much when you go to college, you learn life, you get married, you do all these things. You have, how many of you know, you have way more experience in the Technon than the Pation and the Nepios. All right. Then the last one is Weos, in which you are 40 plus. All right. You are 40 plus. And you have seen an entire generation. All right. Now, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yes. All right. So, Nepios is an infant. It's a newborn baby to kindergarten. Now, think about it like this. What did you know when you were first born? Nothing. By the time you turned five, what did you know? Not much. Pretty much nothing. All you knew how to do was play with toys and, and, and eat. That's it. All right. You didn't know your name. Somebody had to teach you your name. <laughs> Somebody had to teach you your name. Am I right? Are y'all going to work with me today? Are we going to be up here for two hours? See, I can't deal with you. Oh, <laughs> oh look, at listen to the word for five hours straight. Um, you didn't know you had inheritance. You didn't know anything about a birthright. You knew nothing about representing, repping nobody's name. You didn't know anything about representing the family at this stage, which means what? You didn't know your identity. Just like in, in this, uh, uh, on this side, when you come into the family, you don't know who you are in Christ. You don't know your purpose. You don't know your destiny. You don't even know why the Father created you. You don't know your age. Someone had to tell you your age. You ever seen someone, somebody ask a little, a little child, how old are you? And they, <laughs> boy, you're four. Because <laughs> they don't know. And because they don't know their age, they, they don't know that they are expected to be mature at a certain age. They're not looking at being mature. Matter of fact, their biggest adventure is playing. That's why even at the Nepios age, I understand. Now, if you do it, don't I'm close my eyes. I understand at the Nepios stage why you open the phone to get on social media while we at church. Still a Nepio stage. Amen. You didn't know your feelings. Look, kids don't know when they're jealous. Little kids don't know when, they, when, when the cares of the world are taking over their life. They know what makes them feel good. They can care less about what makes them grow. That's why if you ask a kid they are, what they want to eat, they're never going to say, well, give me some chicken, broccoli, and uh, I don't think I'm going to have any sugar today. Because <laughs> they don't care about nutrition. They don't care about the things that's going to make them grow. But I'm just letting you know, this is how it is in the spirit. When you are first saved, you don't care about growing. You don't care about all that stuff. All you care about is getting your stuff. That's why when people first come into the Lord, the first thing they want to do is what? Get their life together. They don't care nothing about no music. They don't care nothing about nothing that's going on. 
They don't care about no ministry. They're not coming in trying to be no pastor. All they want is their life. Help me. Your ears. Because watch this, you have to learn how to hear now. You have to learn how to hear as a nepios. When you first come into the body of Christ, you still hear in the flesh. You still respond more to your flesh than you do to the spirit. Why? Because you're, been, you're used to the nature of Adam. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to adjust your hearing so you can now hear in the spirit. But this is the first stage, nepios. At this stage also, they begin to see a difference between the Adamic nature or the carnal nature and the nature of Christ. Like I said, there's a new conviction there now. Like I told you, that is the miracle of salvation, that once upon a time you could sin and it didn't matter. You didn't care, you didn't think about repenting, but all of a sudden now you give your life to God, you give your life to the Father, you come into the fold, and now all of a sudden you repent every five minutes. I'm going to tell you why. Next scripture, 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. This is Paul. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. He says, when I was a child, now that word child is nepios, infant. He says, when I was an infant, I used to speak like an infant, think like an infant, reason like an infant. But when I became a man, mature, I did away with childish things. So Paul is letting the Corinthian church know, I started as a Nepios. I started as a Nepios. It was a time when I spoke like a child, when I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. It was a time where I talked, my, I talked myself out of coming to church. <laughs> reasoning. It was time I talked myself out of fasting. Reasoning. It was times where I talked about myself in a light that the father did, wasn't saying. I seen myself as a failure. It was the time I thought that. I thought I was a loser. So in every stage, watch this. No. At every stage, these three areas will see increase. At every stage of this, you will think, you will speak different, you will think different, and you will start to reason different. That's why he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I did away with childish things. That's the only way you're going to grow is you're going to have to do away with childish things. You're going to have to intentionally do this. That's why I say there's no accidentally doing this stuff. There's no, you can't accidentally be, grow up. Even in the natural, if you remove a, the parents from a home and a child grew up by themselves, what happens? They're still not growing. They may be getting taller. They may be growing in age, but they're not maturing in their mind. They're not maturing in their soul. So every believer will go through this phase of when I was and when I became. That will be your spiritual life. It'll be time when I was, when I was a Nepios, to th then you'll go to when I was a Pation. 
Then you'll go to when I was a Technon. Then you'll go to when I was an Anisco. Then you'll go to when I was a Weos. And the step after Weos, which is the sixth step, is when you become a father. And God allows you to pour back into people. Or you become an elder. Or you take up an office in a fivefold ministry. Next scripture, Galatians 4. Let me say this too before I go. Today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to touch on these things. I'm just going to touch on them because what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back and I'm going to teach each uh, stage of sonship by itself. And there's so much stuff for Nepios and Technon and Weos that you might have to, we might have to do two Sundays of that. Galatians 4, chapter 1 says, Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, infant, Nepios, as long as the heir, means, which means you are in the family, and, but you have an inheritance. You are in the family and you have an inheritance. The Bible says our inheritance is all things. Everything that Jesus has belongs to us. We are heirs of God. We are heirs of our father. And it says, as long as the heir is an infant, he differs no way from a slave. Now that's deep. Because he's saying, you're in the body of Christ, God's your father, but as long as you remain in the infant state, you are no different than a slave. Though he owns, though he is the owner of what? Everything. So what does that show you? I have an inheritance for you, but I can't give it to you till you grow up. Long as you remain an infant, a nepios in the spirit, I can't give that to you. So long as you think like a nepios, speak like a nepios, and reason like a nepios, I can't put your inheritance in your hands. Verse 2, it says, instead, he is under gardens and trustees until the time that is set by the father. So what the father does is he sends you to a pastor. He sends you to a prophet. He sends you to evangelist. He sends you to the five-fold ministry. There's no way you can grow up if you don't have the entire five-fold ministry. The entire five-fold ministry has to do this. No pastor can do this by himself. No prophet can do this by himself. No evangelist can do this by themselves. No teacher can do this by himself. No apostle can. The fivefold ministry has to be established and it has to be functioning, meaning you can't have a fivefold ministry full of nepios. You can't, because if you're a nepios, how can you help a nepios? That is the marks of a nepios. They can't help anybody. Papa in there? He's sleeping. Okay. Papa be one a day. He turned one a day. Who can he help? Who can he help? Nobody. He can make her happy, make her smile. But, but who can a, what can a one-year-old do for you? Nothing. That is the marks of a, a nepios. You need all the attention. That's why I'm not, look, that's why I tell you when you come here, it's about growing. We understand where you are. We want to help you grow. So it's okay to come into the body needing help. But most, what happens in, in, with the Nepio stage is this. Most people leave during this stage. This is why. One, 
most churches can't grow them. Okay, most churches, they, I mean, they can't grow them. All right, but the other part is, is because of this. Y'all ready? Your education and your age are irrelevant on this side. And most people can't deal with that. Because they got more degrees than a thermometer. But their, but their understanding is worthless on this side. So he said, instead, he is under gardens and trustees until the time that is set by the father. And what happens in, in kingdoms is this. A king has children. And what he does is he sends his children to guardians and trustees to raise them, to teach them how to be royalty, to teach them how the kingdom is ran. The king don't do that. He sends them to someone and does that. And then what happens is the trustee and the guardian checks in with the, with the father, checks in with the kings. The, king, the kids come before the king. And then the father talks to them, examines them, and, and says to them, nope, you're not ready. So that's what it means. You are, you are put in the fivefold ministry, under ministry, until the father say, okay, you're ready for your destiny. This is exciting, ain't it? Verse 3, in the same way, because Paul is letting them know, we went through the same thing. In the same way, we also, when we were children, nepios, were enslaved under the elements of the world. That's why I told you, when people come in here, don't talk about their cigarettes. Don't talk about their drug addiction. Don't talk about their alcoholism. Okay? Because they're coming out of a system. Plus, like I told you, what happens if a person quits smoking cigarettes? They might not die of cancer, but it has nothing to do with spiritually, spiritually understanding anything. Let them sit with their cigarette issue and learn. But what the church do and the members do is they, they want to make a person stop drinking beer before we accept them into the family. And you want to follow them around and call, ooh, I seen Terry drinking a beer. So, mind your business. <laughs> You call them, that's what I'm going to tell you. Mind your business. They got nothing to do. Are they still coming to church? Are they still learning? Good. Because if you try to force things out of people, because that's who they are. And 90% of people would rather be themselves than be around you. That's why when I have friends and they use profanity they, and they get around me, oh, oh, no, no, brother, don't stop cussing because of me. They got no, no, be yourself until you change. Don't try to stop because I'm in, the pre- you know, in your presence. You get nothing. You get absolutely nothing for not using profanity in front of me. You get absolutely nothing. There's no scripture in the Bible that says respect pastors. Oh, okay. And like I said, okay, the, now the needed action for the nepios is they have to submit to a spiritual community headed by a father. They have to submit. 
As a Nepios, you have to submit to a spiritual community. You can only grow in spiritual community in a spiritual community. Now, the miscues of a Nepios is this. Like I told you, the first one is they leave the church before they believe this, leave this stage of growth. Because their natural age and education does not translate into the spiritual. The second reason why they leave is because they undervalue the body of Christ, which means they don't see the importance of community. The next one is because they abandon the spiritual to do what's natural. All right, the next one is Pation. Now, Pation is a half-grown child. They're more advanced than the Nepios, okay, but they're still learning. We say it's like a child who is in elementary. All right, how many of you know when a child is in elementary, you have to help them with their homework more than they are when they're in high school? <laughs> See your rolled eyes. <laughs> if you have kids, you know what we mean. Now, the thing about the Pation ch uh, child is that they have, they have, their soul has been developed more than the Nepios. They have spent more time with the father. Now, they no longer talk like a Nepios, speak like a Nepios, and reason like a Nepios. They now speak, talk, and reason like a Pation. All right? This child has matured enough to know the character and nature of the father. This child has matured enough to experience the kingdom of their father. This child starts to appreciate the father beyond what he can do for you. At the Nepios, it's all about what he can do for you. This child starts to appreciate community beyond what the community can do for them. Our first scripture, 1 John 2 and 13. Now, this scripture is proof that the Bible is written in levels. So when you read the Bible, you can literally only, only understand it from one of these stages. So when you open that book and you read it, you either read it as a Nepios, as a Pation, as a Technon, as an Aniskos, or as a Weos. When, the, when they were writing this book, they addressed it in levels. How do I know that? Look at this scripture. He says, I am writing to you fathers. Who is he writing to right here? Fathers. Because you know him who has been from the beginning. So the qualification, one of the qualifications of being a spiritual father is you have to know the eternal covenant. You have to know the plan before the foundation of the world. And you don't have to, you, you're not supposed to just know it in the sense of intellectually, but it should be a thread through your life. You can't be a father if you don't know he's your father. Because the whole purpose of a father is to raise the children up so they can hear his voice. I'm not, I'm not in here teaching so you can hear me. I'm teaching so you can, when you leave here, you can hear him. So he says, I am writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. Then he says, I am writing to you young men, which is an anisco. He says, I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Then he says, I have written to you, children, Pation. Now, why is he writing to the children, to the Pations? Come on, y'all. 
He says, I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. So at the Pallion level, you know who your Father is. You know without a shadow of a doubt. It is ingrained in you. Why? Because you have been in the community as a nephew and you have been taught. That's why I said you can't accidentally do this. You can't just pull up to any church and get any information and grow. You have to be taught where you are. So once again, because they know the Father, you don't know it intellectually. You don't know it because you've seen it in the Bible, but you know it because it has been developed into your soul. At the Pantheon stage, the soul has been to developed to understand this. You also know your father's heart towards you. So you're not worried about when you do something wrong, is he going to kill you? Is he going to take you out? Every time you make a mistake, you worry about him sending you to hell. Because you know your father. And the reason why you know your father is because you have been spending time with him. That's why the prayer call early, praying early in the morning, that prayer call is very important. You want to get up every morning and spend time with your father. If you are not spending time with the father, then you don't know he's your father. Just like in the natural. If you wake up every day and you just see a woman, you don't know who your father is. Am I right? Work with me. If I'm wrong, tell me. If you woke up every morning with your father, but you didn't wake up with your mother, you don't know who your mother is. You don't know your mother. You may know she exists, but you don't know your mother. You may know your father, but you don't know your father. At this stage, they know the benefits of the relationship. A Pateon knows the benefits of, the, of this relationship. At this stage, you have been in the family, you have been learning in the community, and this truth has been digested in your soul. Like I said, you have to learn these things. This information doesn't exist for nothing. You have to learn these things. Y'all going to be studying every time you see child, y'all going to go right to the Greek. But that's how you're supposed to do it, all right? Next scripture, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them. Now, they want to know who's the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus called a child. He didn't call a Nepios. He didn't call a Weos. He didn't call a Nisco. He didn't call a Technon, which means he didn't call an infant. He didn't call a son that was fully mature. He didn't call a young man. He called a Pateon and set the Pateon before them. In verse, in verse 3, he said, and I... And, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, Pateon, unless you are converted and become like children, unless you are converted and become a Pateon, what does it say? You would not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, that does not mean you won't go to heaven. That means you will not experience heaven. 
you would not experience your father's world. At the nepio stage, you, you know nothing, you understand nothing, you can experience nothing. So you have to be born again, you have to go through the nepio stage and then get to the pation stage in order to really experience the kingdom. Verse 4, he says, whoever then humbles himself as this child, Pation, whoever humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So the Pation child has now become great in the kingdom because of humility. Because he has lost the Nepios lifestyle, the infant lifestyle, which means he has sat down and he has learned. Okay? Because like I told you, at the Nepio stage, you can't be used in ministry. Why? Because you lack development and understanding of your father's kingdom. At the Nepio stage, and even and, and through all these stages, what's going to have to increase is your spiritual intelligence. Your, in your spiritual intelligence increasing, this is what's going to happen. You are going to understand what your actions in earth provoke in heaven. And when you first get saved, you don't know that. You don't know. The Bible says, me as a husband, if if I treat my wife the wrong way, it says it hinders my prayers. So as a husband, I can walk around all day with an attitude with my wife and my prayers are hindered. I can walk around three weeks upset with her, mad at her, disgusted with her, and the whole time my prayers bouncing off the ceiling. Until I get some spiritual intelligence and I understand, you know what, it ain't that deep. I want to get through to heaven. So, the growth from Nepios to Pation is marked by humility and knowledge of the Father. Because you have humility and knowledge of the Father, now heaven considers you great. Now you are great in the kingdom. That's why the scripture said when you humble yourself, he will give you a greater grace. Because when you get to the Pation level and you have humbled yourself, the heaven sees you as being great. The only mantle you need is the mantle of humility. This is, this is the stage two where he exalts you. He said, if you humble yourself, I'll give you a greater grace. If you humble yourself, I'll exalt you. But watch this. Verse four says, whoever humbles himself, which means God doesn't humble you. The ministry doesn't humble you. You humble yourself. We don't make you come to church. We don't make you change. We teach, we love you, we answer questions. You have to want to grow. The next one is Tech Nine. Tech Nine. Now, Tech Nine is between the ages of 13 and 18. These are the high school years. Okay, these are the years in which the child wants their destiny. These are the years in which they are affected most by peer pressure. 
This is the time where we emancipate ourselves. I, at this stage, I got in trouble with myself in a lot of ministries because I just wanted what God was showing me. And when you want, just like with your teenager, all of a sudden your teenager's growing up, they think their opinion matter all of a sudden. Am I right? Now all of a sudden they want their opinion to matter. They want to, they want to think for themselves. Okay, and so you as a parent, you have to have contingencies in place for that. In ministry, like I said, as soon as you hit a certain level, we're already ready. We are, because we know this, because we know you're at the technon level and you're just coming to a stage where you want your destiny, we're going to support you. We're going to push you. We're going to motivate you. We're going to help you. That's why we're having all these classes about business, classes about financial literacy, communications. We're going to do arts. Because we understand, once you get to that tech nine level, you don't want the ministry that God has placed in you. And if there's no spot in church, a lot of churches have been started because teachers, evangelists, prophets were in ministries and the pastor would not let them do any work. So they left there and went and started their own church. And they were not supposed to start a church. They were supposed to just operate in one church under the fivefold ministry. But it's hard to find pastors, bishops, that will allow that to happen. Why? Because the pastor's an orphan. Because the pastor's a nepios. And he's too busy protecting, he or she's too busy protecting their ministry to raise the flock. He's too busy protecting his feelings to worry about yours. That's why you have to know sonship and you have to understand the orphan mindset. If you don't know that, you'll be fighting with the congregation instead of trying to help them. The technon has further developed their soul. So now the technon talks like a technon, thinks like a technon, and reasons like a technon. The technon understands grace. 1 John 2 and 1. It says, my little children, technon, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. Verse 2, and he himself is a propitiation for sins and not only for ours, but also for those who are of the world. Now, at this level, the 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 uh the technon. Hold on. Okay, just don't want to go too fast. Is understands this relationship. The technon has a legitimate relationship with the father. The technon now does not walk into guilt or shame because of sin. How many of y'all used to sin and then it took you like three months to recoup from a sin? At the technon level, you understand that the propitiation has already been paid. You understand that the ransom has already been made. But watch this. Is this the, am I going too fast? Yes, I'm going too fast. Okay, you understand that the propitiation has been made, that the offering was already satisfied. That's why I tell you, when you come into the family, it is not about your sin. God is not looking at your sin. That's not what he's looking at. 
all right? He's looking at how much are you becoming like him. Because when you, when you got saved, when you were born again, you were a 100% sinner. You were a 100% sinner. You were full of sin. Every area of your life was sinful. So when you get saved, it's not about you all of a sudden. Now you have no sin. Now it's about you becoming more spiritual. And as you become more spiritual, sin leaves. Because like we said, when you're born again, you can now see. You can see, but you don't understand. Most things that Christians say are sins are not sins. Most things that they say are sins, they are not sins. That's why Jesus had to clarify it with them, okay? Remember when they caught the woman in adultery? Hmm. Why didn't he stone her? Because <laughs> grace had been brought about. He said, whoever hasn't sinned, you cast the first stone. Was he letting you know, all y'all full of sin. What are you talking about? How y'all looking at her? And then they said they caught her in the act. Y'all ain't registering. Is they not registering with y'all? They caught her in the act. Huh? So they were peeping times? They were looking for some sin. They were walking around finding somebody to stone. They caught her in the act, Terry. Where, where was the man? Where was the man at? Was she by herself committing adultery? That's why Jesus said, he said, in the times past, it has been said, do not commit adultery. In the times past, he said, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you even think it, it's as if you committed it. That's difficult for Nepios. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. That's difficult for Nepios. You've been promiscuous. You've been having sex. And then all of a sudden you get saved and it's a sin to think about it. That's a total different agenda. But he was letting us know, you have to grow into this thing. Your mind has to be developed. You need a total shift. So as a technon, they know that they have an advocate. They know that they have a mediator. They know that this relationship is legal and it is legitimate. They know the difference between kingdoms. All right, I told you, you have three types of sin. You have trespass, transgression, and iniquity. The believer always, the nepios always finds himself in trespasses, meaning he got pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, but some way, somehow, they find themselves right back over into the kingdom of darkness, messing around over here. But why is that? Because that nature isn't fully developed. So is that not expected? Is it not expected? It would be as if we put... Uh, uh, Papa, or we put a two, three-year-old, we just left a two, three-year-old in the house by himself and said, don't do nothing wrong. You're going to come back and everything going to be turned upside down. And you're going to be the fool for expecting the child not to do nothing wrong. First John chapter 2, verse 12. He says, I am writing to you, little children, 
Pat, uh, Pation, no, Technon, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. So like I said, the Technon has no guilt when it comes to sin. The Technon has no shame when it comes to sin. Okay, the Technon has a less of an orphan mind and more of a mind of a child of God. The, the uh, uh, Nepios has an orphan mindset. The Pation has an orphan mindset. But when you get to the tech nine, you have lost a lot of that orphan, and now you are, it is solidified with you that this is my father. All right? And it, that's why it says that uh, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake, not for your name's sake, which means you have to understand that this is not your plan. You, did, you didn't come up with this plan. You didn't come up with the plan of salvation, getting saved. He forgave you for sins for his name's sake so you can grow up. That's why I said the technon understands grace. The technon understands that it don't matter how much, it's not about my sin, it's about how much I'm growing. That's why you use grace to grow. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. But what happens is the people try to live by grace. You're not supposed to live by grace, you live by faith. And when you live by faith, that means you trust that the Father's way is the right way at all times. But you're supposed to grow in grace, meaning understanding that as you grow, you're losing sin. As you grow, you're losing sin. Sin does not mean that you're not growing. But as you grow, you lose sin. You understand, this is not my plan. Watch this. I don't have to keep track of my mishaps. I don't have to keep track of that. Because the thing about it, we'll keep track of what we do wrong, but we will never keep track of what we do right. You could do good for two months and make one mistake, and then you thinking, you thinking God, your father forgot about everything you've been doing right, and now he's just focused on what you're doing wrong. The tech, the tech non does not do, no longer does that. Our next one, Nanisco. Nanisco. Now, the Nanisco has been developed to the point when he no longer talks like a Pation. He no longer thinks like a Nepios. He no longer reasons like a Technon. But now he thinks, talks, and reasons like an Anisco, like a young adult. All right? 1 John 2 and 13 says, I am writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you young men. Nanisco. Why? Because you have overcome the evil one. At this, at this state right here, it is hard for the devil to trick you into anything. At this state, you do not give in to your flesh. It's easy. You are an overcomer. You overcome the evil one. At this state, people can say what they want to say about you, but you see spiritually so you, so, so you hear the Father. So it says, because you have overcome the evil one. Overcome means you're triumphant, you're victorious. The evil one means the things that happen in life, hardships, okay, annoyances. 
Because you don't have any money, it doesn't bring you down, all right? Because you go through situations and circumstances, all right? You have overcome the evil one. Satan just can't whisper anything into your ear. Verse 14, it says, I have written to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Well, why have you overcome the evil one? Because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. That's why I told you the word comes in levels. Okay, when you read this word, it's, it's, you have to read the Bible where you are. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You ever read that in the Bible? So we know he ain't talking to Nepios. Because Nepios isn't strong. Isn't strong. It, we know he's not talking to a Pateon. We know he's not talking to a Technon. Because it's not until you get to the Nanisco stage that you are strong. Then he said, the word of God abides in you. That's why Jesus told him, he said, abide in me and, I will, and my word will abide in you. If you do that, if my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. So at the Technon stage, at the Nanisco stage, we expect much fruit. But we don't expect it at the Pateon. We don't expect it at the Nanisco, I mean, the uh, Nepios or the Technon. And it's the same way. You do not expect a young adult, okay? You do not expect an infant to be as mature as a young adult. You don't expect a little child to be as mature as a young adult. We don't expect a, a teenager to act like they're 20. So why would we expect it in here? Why would we expect that in the spiritual community if we don't expect it in the natural community? Well, it's basically because we don't have this information. Because <laughs> I was sitting in a, a, a marriage counseling session one time, <clears throat> and I do this thing where I teach couples how to be soulmates, all right? And I tell them, I say, it's three things you have to do to your mate's soul. If you say that they're your soulmates, three things you have to do. One, you have to repair all right you have to repair your mate's soul then you have to build then you have to maintain that in the middle of the conversation to show me the guy stopped me he said wait 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 where was i supposed to get this information if i hadn't came here i said i don't know now you see what jesus what the disciples meant when when they when jesus said when uh, uh, 72 disciples came to him and he made one statement about them eating his flesh and, and 72 of them left and he had 12 of them left and he said, you leaving too? And they said to him, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what they meant. They meant, where is we going to go and get this type of teaching? That's why it happens though because we don't have the right information. We're not, we're too busy trying to praise the Lord. We're too busy trying to worship Jesus. We're too busy trying to have worship services. We put more energy into the worship service, into the lights, all that stuff, than we put into 
the people. Because that becomes the highlight of the church when you don't have the right doctrine. When your doctrine is not right, the highlight of your ministry is what? Singing and dancing. Because the word be like 20 minutes. Okay. So, the reason why the tech, the uh, the tech, the, the, the Nisco, the reason why the, the, the Nisco has overcome the evil one is because they are strong. How did they get strong? Spending time with the Father, spending time in the community, practicing righteousness. Now they're strong. How does the word abide in them? Because they came to church, they got taught, they went home, they studied the word, they constantly listened to the podcast, and they developed themselves. So now the word abides in them. Why does the word abide in them? Because they've been abiding in the word. (laughs) All right, last one. We us. Well, let me say one more thing about... um, no, I say that for, uh, I say, Weas is 40 plus years old. Now, the Weas has experienced an entire generation. Now, like I told you, I'm giving it to you um, in the natural sense according to American culture because Jesus was a Weas at the age of 30. Now, it doesn't matter your physical age, all right? You can be 15 and be a, a Weas if you spend that time in a word. If you spend that time in community, you could be 90 and be a Nepios. That's what I'd be thinking in my head when I'd be watching the news. I'd be like, they Nepio. Okay. No, I'm, I'm serious. Because when I, when I watch the news, when I watch anything on television, the first thing I'm thinking about is what does the father have to say about this? That's why when I make a statement like I have just as much respect for President Trump as I do for Obama, President Obama, it's equal. I said that to one of my, to a buddy, he said, I don't agree with that because you don't see it God way. The word says, honor all men, period. You ain't got a choice. Honor all men. Not the ones you agree with their policy. Honor all men. You can't honor somebody because you like them. You have to honor all men. If Hitler was in this room right now, you honor Hitler, just like you would Martin Luther King. And that's hard. You know why? Because you're natural-minded. Because you're natural minded. You're looking at what they did in the flesh, but you're not looking at the spirit. Watch this. If you take, how many of y'all know how President Obama grew up? Nobody? How many of y'all know how Donald Trump grew up? Okay. If you, if Donald, if President Obama was raised by a racist, was raised by hatred, he would be Donald Trump. But since he was raised by educators, he became President Obama. It's all in your background. Whoever raised you going to pretty much dictate what you become. But we don't look at that. All we look at is what the person is doing. But what about the information that they had? They had? 
You can't help it. That's why I said I have more. Look, my love for people is just pure, period, because I understand what black people go through and I understand what white people go through. You say, well, what white people have been going through? Well, watch this. If you grew up in a household where you were taught to hate people, you were taught to hate. Now, you can't hate people without hating yourself. You can't love everybody. You can't love yourself and hate everybody else. It's impossible. So if someone's taught to hate, that's all they got in them. Until what happens? Somebody pull it out. But we don't want to pull it out. We want a nemesis. We want a reason to be in the flesh. You have to see it like the Father sees it. It's going to be a lot of racist people in heaven. That's hard to say, ain't it? But it is. I wouldn't be surprised if Hitler was there. Why? Because of the deception of Satan. Just look at what we're teaching right now. Okay, how many people you think died with this information? How many people you think died and were still in Nepios? A lot. So what, what happened to them? Did they go to hell? You see what I'm saying? You don't know. That's why you would never hear me come over this pulpit and start talking about who going to hell and who going to heaven because you don't know. I tell people, when I teach, this is who I'm teaching to. I'm teaching to people who have been through the most heinous situations. I was telling somebody the other day, I had a, a friend in eighth grade, and I was going through some things with my parents. Okay, I had, the, you know, the whole pity party going on about what I was going through. And I had these two situations that happened to me. There's more, but I'm going to give you these two. One, I'm sitting down and I'm watching uh, Oprah. Now I don't watch Oprah. You know what I mean? I'm like 14 years old. I don't watch Oprah. You know what I'm saying? I just, this just happened to catch my attention. All right? And I'm from Chicago, from the projects. And so this cup, these, these two little kids were from Chicago and from the projects. So that kind of caught my attention. And both of my parents ended up abandoning me when I was 11. All right. But now I'm 14 and I'm looking and I'm full of hate. I'm full of anger. I'm full of all type of stuff. But I'm sitting down and I'm watching this and these two little kids are telling their story. This is the story. Their mother no longer wanted to live. So she took her five kids to the top of the project, 16 stories, and jumped with them all. Those two, the only one lived. Made me look at my situation like it ain't nothing. How do you teach them kids love? When the only person that was supposed to love them tried to kill them. That's forever ingrained in their head. What do you do with that? So when I teach, that's who I'm teaching to. When you talk about salvation and being saved, them the people I'm thinking about. How we can't reach, we can't reach them talking about some, except Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. What? Do you know what happened to me? <laughs> I had another guy, classmate. He was coming home one day and his dad shot him, trying to climb through the, through the window. Okay, fast forward, two years, two years uh, uh, later, um, his mom and dad gets into an argument. Now he's a junior in high school. Mom and dad gets into, a, into an argument. Dad kills, kills mom and blows his brains out. Come to that person talking about some, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. 
He's going to tell you to hell with Jesus and to hell with the cross. That's why I, I teach to people who, put it like this, when I look at the scriptures, I, I begin to ask myself, there's no way God could send this person. You got a grade on a curve. <laughs> you got a grade on a curve. There's no way a person who had both of their parents in their life was loved has the same consequences as a person who has lost their entire family. That's a different mindset. So when I'm teaching, I ain't thinking about the person who had everything together. I'm thinking about the person who was lost in life, period. I had a friend in eighth grade, Shane Overrocker, okay? His, his, his brother was one of the superstars in, in uh, football. You remember this, don't you? His brother was a superstar in football. Mother at the game cheering on her son. Her son is the best football player in the city. She cheering for her son and dies choking on the Jolly Rancher at the game. What you tell a child like that, you witnessing to him. All right. Ran over. We us. The we us is full of the Holy Spirit and is no longer filled. All right. The we us soul has become one with the Father. So the we us son talks like a mature child, thinks like a mature child, and reasons like a mature child. Okay. First scripture, Matthew chapter three, verse sixteen. It says, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens opened and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him and behold, a voice of heaven. Now, that's important. A voice, where the voice come from? Okay. It didn't come from earth. A voice of the heaven said, this is my beloved son, who I am well pleased with. This is my beloved son. That word son is we us. It's we us. He's saying this is my fully matured son and I am well pleased, okay? I am well pleased with him. It is at the we us level in which you will become, the father will become well pleased with you. But the thing about it is this, is that unction does not come from outside of you. It comes from within you. And this is how it sounds. All you got to do is look at Jesus' ministry. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tell me. He was at the we level. At the we level, all you want to do is what the Father tell you to do. You don't care about it. nothing else that's going on around you. Okay, Jesus had the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, and he had the government coming up against him. And he still only did what? what his father told him. This is not something you can just say. It'll be a feeling, okay? You'll get the unction from heaven and you'll know that you've changed because you, you, it won't matter what no one else says. You'll only want to do what the father tells you to do. All right? The soul of, a, of, of this son has been fully developed. The, the son has an inner testimony from the father. Like I said, it came from heaven. This is not something that somebody can tell you, all right? And in all five of these stages, you can track your own. You know where you are according to these stages, 
Amen? Last scripture. Romans 8 and 14. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. All those led by God's spirit are God's sons, his weas. Okay? The we are son, the Holy Spirit has their mind, their heart, and their soul. And they are being led by the Spirit. Okay? They're being led by the Spirit. In the first four, you have a tendency to be led by your flesh a lot of times. Okay? But at the we are level, you are always being led by the Spirit. Proving that the Father's will is being done in your life. Now, this is why we tell you guys to practice righteousness. Y'all get it now? You get why we tell you practice righteousness? Okay, now, do you understand why we gave y'all the soul algorithm? So you need to understand whatever you're putting in your mind is developing you. That's why I told you, you are going to have to take a season of your life and you are going to have to drop everything. You're going to have to drop secular music. You're going to have to drop the movies. You're going to have to drop everything because you do not want to be, watch this, you feed yourself two hours of the Bible and ten hours of the world. You got to have a season in your life where you do away with everything. That's why it is good to fast because when you fast, you don't just sit around and watch TV. Am I right? Okay, I might be wrong. Okay, now, now you can understand why Paul said, when I was and when I became. All right, he is letting everybody know, Kena, I was a Nepios. When he was a Nepios, nobody called him an apostle. When he was a Nepios, he did not have the power to start churches. When he was in Nepios, he was not sent on missions. When he was in Nepios, he was not stoned. When he was in Nepios, when he was a Pation, he didn't have him on boats prophesying to people, worrying about his death. No, he waits till you are a weas, you are a fully developed child, and he interjects you into what he wants you to do. That's why I'm telling y'all, please hurry up and grow up. Not for me, for your sake, because you got a lot of stuff you want, but you can't get it until you grow up. Amen? We got a lot of stuff we want, don't we? And the Bible says we own everything. You own everything. The Father has no problem with you having a house in every state, as long as you do it as a weas. He has no problem with you having a jet. Forget what the... What the <laughs> he have no problem with that. You see what I'm saying? See, and that's what, that's what I mean by the natural man does not understand things of the spirit. You get mad at a preacher for having a jet, but you don't get mad at a rapper. He's a weas. He didn't gave his life to the father to build his people up, but he's supposed to have less. All right, we're done. All right, we're done. We're done.